3: Terms and conditions
4: apply. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Joined now by Chris Mannix at SI Chris Mannix on Twitter. Chris, what's going to happen uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 between now and 3 o'clock Eastern? How active is the NBA trade deadline going to be?
0: I think it's going to be pretty active. Especially around the fringes, there are a number of kind of role players that are still in play. Um, it, there's a lot of intrigue about what the Rockets are going to do. I mean, they've got a roster slot and about the ability to take on almost 12 million dollars in salary and a general manager who ranks among the most aggressive in the league. So that that's something that bears watching. And you know what the Knicks decide to do with Marcus Morris is probably the most interesting, largely because. It could come down to the Lakers or the Clippers, two teams that that certainly need uh, that kind of upgrade. So, uh, who do you think gets
5: him? If, if if do you think the Knicks move him, and if so, who should be favored—the Lakers or the Clippers?
0: Yeah, I think the Knicks absolutely move him. It it just makes no sense them to hold on to a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, especially when they can get um, you know real quality back in return. I look to me, Marcus Morris has always been the Clippers to lose. Um, they have. The ready-made package they can deal a first-round draft pick this year. The Lakers cannot. They've got uh, Mo Harkless's contract. The Lakers would have to stack some contracts up. And I guess if the Lakers were willing to throw Kyle Kuzma into the mix, you could certainly make an offer that would trump the the the, the Clippers' offer. But that, that's a lot for you know a potential rental in Marcus Morris. So look, the Clippers they tried to sign Morris this past offseason, offered a three-year deal in X is a forty million dollars they like this guy. So uh, I just don't, unless Kyle Kuzma goes in the deal, I don't see them being outbid. Is he a difference
5: maker uh, as the Lakers and the Clippers seem to be staring each other down, right, as the two favorites in the Western Conference? Does he tip the scales in favor of the Clippers in your mind?
0: I Look, I think he's an upgrade. He's a 40-plus a percent three-point shooter who can play two positions, has gone on a couple of deep playoff runs with Boston in recent years. So I think he's he's a factor uh, does he address the glaring weakness of the clippers right now i mean they're they have a rebounding problem at the moment um Marcus Morris doesn't really address that i mean they so i i don't know I don't know that he necessarily pushes them ahead of the Lakers but he certainly is better than what they have right now, so it would be a it would be a solid pickup. Again, I go back to the three point shooting. I mean, if he's able to continue shooting above forty percent, that's going to be a big factor.
5: You said Daryl Morey is kind of the wild card here, that he's freed up some space for the Rockets. What's the expectation about what he might be trying to do, or who he might be trying to add?
0: Uh, I mean, it's a good question because I, I don't know at this point. I mean, look, the the Oklahoma City is open for business right now, and and. They've become kind of this this grocery store of options out there, whether you want a small forward, you have Gallinari, who could be going to Miami, you got a center in Steven Adams, you got some some guard play in Dennis Schroeder. I mean, they could they could look at Dennis Schroeder, for sure, But and look, oh, oh, Oklahoma City and, and, and Houston have made deals together before, but I just don't know if that moves the you deal. Know, the Rockets are just, I don't know, I, they're a strange team. I mean, they're going to go all in with this small ball lineup for the rest of the season, and... I mean, they'll be fun to watch. They'll probably put up some bonkers scoring numbers, but I'm not sure that's going to be successful in the playoffs against these supersized teams like you know Denver and Utah and the Clippers and Lakers. So it's it's interesting. I mean, they got the wing guy they wanted, Robert Covington, but I just don't know who's out there that they're going to be able to acquire.
5: Uh, okay, what's going on right now when you look at, uh, at all the moving parts with the Eastern Conference? Because right now, uh, I was just reading the odds. the bucks are a prohibitive favorite to win the Eastern Conference. You got the heat making moves. you got the 76ers making moves. Uh, does anybody really have a chance to challenge the bucks based on what you've seen?
0: Well, I mean, I love what Milwaukee. Well, sorry, what Miami's doing. Um, I, at this point, it's unclear if they're going to be able to acquire Gallinari. They're trying. All sides are trying to make a deal work, but it, there's a lot of moving parts there. And Miami, quite frankly, doesn't have a lot to offer, uh, especially in terms of draft capital. But you know, they're making if if they're able to get Gallinari on top of Iguodala, you know, they've got pieces like they've they're they're real good. So, like, I would put them in the mix. I think they've gone to the Milwaukee already this season and won. So. I mean that that's that's a team I'd be nervous about. I mean Jimmy Butler is a proven closer in this league. So if I'm if I'm looking at the teams out there that can win and and beat Milwaukee, I think put Miami at the top of that list.
5: Uh, what are the uh, Warriors trying to do? Uh, they're obviously basically mailing in this season. They made a trade to the Sixers. Uh, they still have D'Angelo Russell out there, who's at least a, a, a maybe a, a pawn that they could move but also they're potentially going to end up with the number one overall pick. Does it make more sense for them to stay uh, kind of with what they've got and maybe make trades in the offseason? What do you think their game plan is?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, look, they're, they're right now what they're trying to do and what they may be able to pull off is get under the luxury tax this year, which isn't all that consequential this year, but it protects them from the repeater tax, which is – Something that could cost them north of thirty million dollars the following year, so they're trying to get out of that that tax hell that they could be in, so they can spend more money in the coming season. That's the deal with the Alec Burks and the the minor trades that made along the fringes, Willie Collie Stein, and deals like that. So that that's sort of the priority right now. I I just don't see Russell moving before the deadline. I mean, Minnesota's like first for D'Angelo Russell is like the most crazy thing I've seen. Like Russell. Like it was like six months ago, where Russell like quite literally left them at the altar. Like he was in Minnesota and and ready to like about to sign there, then did a pivot and went to Golden State. But that didn't dissuade the Timberwolves at all. They're now trying to do everything that they can to trade for him. That that's not going to change if they keep him into the off season. If they wait till the off season and they wind up with like the number one pick in the draft, D'Angelo Russell, the number one pick in the draft, might get you Ben Simmons. It might get you another superstar. To put in that league, that, that's why I think you see teams like Miami and others really arming up right now because you know there's an opening for a, for someone to win a championship this year. But if the Warriors come back reloaded with like another star in that mix via trade, you know a, a super team could be reconstituted very quickly.
5: What's the relationship like between LeBron and Kuzma right now? Do you think there's any possibility the Lakers are shopping Kuzma?
0: Yeah, I, I think they're shopping him, and they have been, but. You know, Kuzma, like because of his relatively low, or so really low salary—not relative—like he makes two million dollars, three million dollars right now. Uh, because of that, he, he makes it very tough to deal for a player that's a higher salary guy. They have to stack some contracts up, like Avery Bradley and, and some others, to, to make a deal like that work. So, I mean, look, I from what I understand that you know that what happened with Kuzma's trainer and what he said there was problematic, uh, but you know, it, it, it's not. The, LeBron wants to win, and if Kyle Kuzma can help him win, he's going to go out there and do it.
5: Uh, all right. What else is out there in the NBA that we should be aware of that I haven't been smart enough to ask you as the trade deadline inches closer and closer?
0: No, I mean I, I just think you look at Washington for a minute and see if they deal Davis Bertans. Boston is pretty hard after him. It's another forty plus percent three point shooter. Uh, Philly got their shooters. We'll see if they can crack the rotation. Uh, you know, my, like Oklahoma City continues to be the team to watch with Steven Adams. But I think what we saw in the last you know twenty four hours, last twelve hours play that it's not going to be the most you know high profile trade deadline it's it's certainly going to be a deadline where you see some fringe movement but uh no big names i think will be moved in the next six seven hours
5: and in your mind as we come down the stretch here i know next week is the nba all star break who is the favorite in the east it should still be the bucks i imagine in your mind who's the favorite right now to you in the west to match up with them in the finals
0: yeah i still like milwaukee in the east until miami shows me something in the west i'm like i'm a I'm gonna be a Clipper guy till till I'm not. I mean, the Clippers I think are 17 and four with Kawhi and Paul George both playing. Uh, that's an impressive number. And and the playoffs, as you know, like there's no need to rest guys. You can, you know, go back to back. So that that's where where Kawhi thrived in the postseason last year. So. I lean towards the Clippers, but man, that hallway series with the Lakers, I think it's going to be a lot of fun if it plays out that way.
5: Do you pay, give any credence or attention at all to the rumors about griping on Paul George and Kawhi sitting out, or do you think that's a mountain, a molehill made into a mountain?
0: No, I think there's some griping, but largely because that team, you know, was a good team last year, played hard all season long, but ultimately these guys know. Kawhi's on a different schedule. Paul George is on a different type of schedule. I mean, these it's to me. It, it, it both can be true, right? They can be some griping going on in the locker room, but not enough to even remotely derail a season. Like, there's been no talk in, outside within the Clippers organization to make a substantial move to get somebody's gripers out. Like, it just they they have no problem, you know, fixing any issues right now.
5: Outstanding stuff. Appreciate the time, my man. I know it's early. It's Chris Mannix at SI. Chris Mannix. going to be a busy day for you.
4: Enjoy it. You got to click.
5: Joined now by Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. You can find him there. Frank, uh, appreciate you joining us. The Yankees are a substantial favorite in the American League, partly because the Boston Red Sox are selling off their talent. Mookie Betts and David Price to the Dodgers. Am I the only person who is stunned that the Red Sox don't think they have enough money to be able to pay these guys?
1: It's amazing, right? They have... You know, one of the most loyal fan bases in all of sports. It's hard to get tickets to those games. I mean, if you're a fan of that team, you've been incredibly loyal. You buy everything that they have. You, 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 you want to go to games. How can they not have that money? It's crazy to me. I mean, they, they, their cable TV package has to be, you know, I mean, all of New England watches those games. This is a weird. They have to be so upset right now with ownership. Maybe John Henry's more worried about Liverpool right now than he is about the Red Sox.
5: I just I don't remember, and it's interesting. It's a hundred year anniversary about almost exactly of the decision to sell Babe Ruth to the uh, New York Yankees, and uh, obviously that changed everything. I'm actually reading a book about Babe Ruth now, which is really really entertaining about how he kind of changed the fabric of the way we cover sports in America, but. The 100-year anniversary, like that makes sense back then when Major League Baseball teams very often were struggling financially. But I don't remember the last time that we had a situation where and like a legitimate MVP in Mookie Betts, a team just says, yeah, we're not going to be able to afford him, and they basically give him away.
1: And there were certain teams, too, in baseball, the Yankees, clearly one of them, the Chicago Cubs, that could take on these big salaries. Yeah, it's right. interesting that the, Red, that the Red Sox traded him to one of those teams. Which is the Dodgers? Who you know? They, I guess they think they're going to out-hit everybody, which has kind of always been, uh, you know, an issue that the Yankees have had. But that get, they, I get it. They did add David Price. It's just strange that the Red Sox are going into a season where they're you know giving away essentially, you know, their star player. It to me, it makes no sense. And again, if you're a fan of that team, and I listen from the Yankee standpoint, the Yankees and the Red Sox play each other. It seems like about 50 times, and every game takes about four and a half hours to play. I think it, it's going to take a little bit away the season of kind of what they had going because you know you figured especially with what's going on in Houston right now that you know maybe the Yankees and the Red Sox would be the two teams that would be battling out to be the best team in the American League
5: what in the world's going on with the Mets we had a decision by multi-billionaire Steve Cohen it appeared to buy the team everything seemed to be trending in a good direction there and then he at the last minute it seems like he's just decided to walk away what have you picked up about what is occurring there
1: You know, it's amazing about the Mets. It's like there are three teams in New York who all seem to always be stuck in the same thing. It's the Mets, the Jets, and the Knicks. Now, the Mets have won, you know, all three of them, you know, uh, won in 1969, right around there. So they always seem to be linked by that, but they always seem to be linked by dysfunction, poor ownership, and you know this is a guy Steve Cohen who the fans were getting excited about because he was going to invest a lot of money into the team. know, the one thing about the Wilpon's and everything that happened with the um with the scandal that they were involved in the Ponzi scheme is that they operate like they're a small market team. You're the New York Mets and the Mets have one of these fan bases, Clay, that when the team is good, the fans will show up. If you don't put out, to their credit, if you don't put out a good enough product and they think you're trying to cut corners, they will stop showing up for games. So the, the the Met fan base had been so excited about the prospects of this sale potentially going through. Now it's like a punch to the gut for them with the the, the events of the last couple of days.
5: Are you paying attention to the NBA trade deadline coming up at three o'clock Eastern?
1: Yeah, you know it's it's, it's amazing how many uh, you know different players already are getting moved. How about what you, would you make of Andre Iguodala? The guy sits out. It's a crazy story. Season. Did you see the tweet from CJ McCollum? I did yeah, not. I what, did you'd he, no, that. What,
5: what did he say?
1: He refer, He said that Andre Iguodala is a legend because you sat. You've been sitting home. You got to promote your book, spend time with your family, and then you got a contract extension on top. of Thirty million dollars,
5: and you get to go to a better yeah, team.
1: Yeah, it, it just kills me sometimes with the players. Like a week ago, they're talking about Mamba mentality, and now we have an NBA player referring to another player as a legend for getting to sit out <laughs> for the season and just collect money and then get an extension. It's 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 strange sometimes the way the players look at things. But I'll tell you what, about Iguodala. You know, he's not that young, and I get why Pat Rowley's doing it, because you look at their roster, they have nobody with NBA Finals experience. The only guy who's been really deep into the playoffs has been Jimmy Butler, so I get that's why he's doing it. But we'll see. The guy has not played since last June. I understand he keeps himself in great shape, but not playing since last June can't be good.
5: Uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously now the face of the NFL having won his first Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP at the age of 24 we had a big debate about this uh, on the show on Monday and Tuesday uh, but we didn't get a chance to talk to you if you had to set an over-under for how many Super Bowls Patrick Mahomes will play in in his career what do you think the number should be
1: uh, playing is an interesting one you know I'm going to say career four would be my number what was your number
5: yeah, I said I'm up to four and a half now, and I know like what? Elway played in five, uh, Peyton Manning played in four, Brady's obviously off the charts having played in nine. But I look at the, so when I break it down, I look at the division first, and obviously, a big yep. part of why the Patriots have been so successful is because the rest of their division stinks. And if you can win your division, you know, at a minimum, you get to host a home playoff game, and you have a pretty good chance of being able to get one of those buys, right? And so if yeah. I look at the AFC West right now, I think the Raiders are going to be bad. And we don't really buy into the fact that Derek Carr is their guy. So I don't think they're going to be a legitimate contender in the years ahead. Uh, I don't believe in, right now, the Chargers, who don't have a quarterback and are probably going to have to go draft one. And it remains to be seen how good Drew Locke is going to be with the Broncos. So I think you can make an argument, I think it's a decent argument, that right now the Chiefs are better uh, against their division than anybody else so uh my number i think is five and i think he'll win three and that obviously means he'd go three and two in the super bowl and that's a it's a big prediction because basically i'm putting him on uh, john elway's level elway went two and three uh but i think uh, patrick mahomes wins three which is a incredibly high standard uh but that's what i think right now and the you know the day after their celebration as we continue to kind of look forward
1: you know it's funny if you think about the way the last 12 minutes of the super bowl ended you know um, the 49ers get the ball back and if they could just put together a long enough drive where they can eat some clock and give yeah. the defense a chance to rest because at that point, you know, Mahomes has not played had played great up to that point. He's played poorly. Yeah, so that was, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. You know, even last season with Tom Brady, Tom Brady was only great when it mattered and that was really on that final drive and especially that completion that he had to Gronkowski. My only concern with Mahomes who to me is is the best quarterback now in the league and to his credit, he was all—he went all out in that game, and he took some massive hits. Yes, that would be the only thing that would concern me about him. And he's not the—he's smart when he runs. You know, he's not just like out there running—you know—for the heck of it. He kind of—you know—when he knows he has an opening, he'll go. But he's not the fastest guy. The only thing that would concern me would be some of the hits that he could take because he took some huge hits in that game. So I, I would probably put it at making it to four and the over-under, I guess on winning him would probably be about two-and-a-half to, to three. I, I could see it. He's clearly the best. I just think there could be other factors, and one of them could be injuries, another one could be, you know, what's going to happen with some of the talent they have. I still can't believe the, three, the third and 15 pass to Tariq Kill. I mean, it seemed like the ball was hung the up in the air. For, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I thought it was the biggest play of the game, and it's funny, too, because, you know, you heard so much about the Niners' defense. They didn't really come through. I think the big question is going to be, would you think they would have gone for it on fourth and fifteen? I tend to think that they would have. Yeah, they'd have been at their own,
5: they, yeah, they would have been at their own thirty-five, and obviously, if they would have gone for it on fourth and fifteen, that's the game at that point in time. I tend to think they would have punted if that ball, for instance, had gotten dropped by Tyreek Hill, because you're still down ten, which means you don't need uh, you know two touchdowns uh, necessarily. You can get a touchdown, a field goal to go into overtime, but there's only you know been six and what seven minutes left in that scenario. If we get the drop there, uh, another big story. I, and, I
1: thought I just, and, and I just and I just thought really quick. I just thought the Niners after the interception, five plays punt, they score three plays punt. The minute they punted the ball back, I said, "Man, you guys, you're gonna be, you're gonna be losing this game at some point." Well, Holmes is gonna march down the field, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, look,
5: I mean, Kyle Shanahan's been outscored now in the fourth quarter of the two games he's been in the Super Bowl, forty-six to nothing. That ain't good. It's
1: unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable.
5: At, okay, uh, Brady. Um, a lot of talk continuing about what uh, Tom Brady's going to do. Fox Bet has put out odds. They say minus 300 that he is going to stay in uh, New England. If he does leave, they put the Raiders and uh, the uh, Chargers as the two favorites. I don't buy him going to the Raiders or Chargers for the reason I just laid out, that I think it's difficult to get past Patrick Mahomes. I don't think Brady wants to worry about winning a division. I think if Tom Brady leaves, the places he should consider are Indianapolis And uh, the Titans, if the Titans didn't get a deal done with Ryan Tannehill, because you could win the AFC South, put yourself in a decent position, I think if you were the quarterback of either of those teams right now. Do you think Brady leaves? And if you do think he's at least considering it, where do you think he should go? The
1: the one thing about L.A. is you wonder if he's going for a football reason. Maybe it's a situation where he thinks, well, if I go there, I'm Tom Brady, we'll be able to do well. I just wonder how much lifestyle factors into it you know, you know how much of his, would his wife be pushing it? Would they be saying, I don't want to move to Indianapolis, I don't want to go to Vegas, I don't want to go to Tennessee, Dallas? That, that's why I think if he goes, I still think it could be L.A. There's always been these whispers out there, which of course would be circumventing the cap, which you wouldn't be allowed to do on the, you know, put it on the table, would be the idea of maybe having like part ownership once he was done. So uh, I, I think, I think he's staying. I, if he doesn't, just because, you know, it's it's weird. I remember, you know, Joe Namath finished his career in L.A. with the Rams and was terrible. Uh, for some reason, I could see it being the Rams. I could see it being a big mistake if he does it. I think the teams that you just pointed out make sense from a football standpoint, but I don't know if he's necessarily only thinking about it. And you know the way a lot of players are, there's there's like an arrogance about them. Go look at their roster and I with these guys, which would probably be a mistake.
5: What do you, we're talking to Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. He's on Around the Horn. He is on Sirius XM and you can read him at The Athletic. What about this? And I floated this out way before anybody else did, but as the Dallas Cowboys, it seems clear, are moving towards franchising Dak Prescott. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan and you're Jerry Jones and you're 78 years old or whatever the heck he is and you're trying to win a Super Bowl, with that offensive line and with the skill position players they have, Ezekiel Elliott obviously – but also Amari Cooper, and uh, it seems like a good young core uh, that is continuing to grow in the receiver position. Wouldn't you rather have Brady for two years than Dak at thirty million dollars a year?
1: It's spent, you know what it, it's a it's a weird one because I, I tend to agree with that because first of all, think about how big that would be. Tom Brady playing for the team that you know, every time they're on TV, they get these unbelievable ratings. It oh, would it'd be a, fa- extraordinary. It'd be fascinating theater if he went there. And I think your point. You know, the one thing about that... Dak Prescott, I think it's a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo who, you know, he. I could see Dak Prescott playing well enough to maybe get his team to a Super Bowl, and then it's like that last 12 minutes of a game yeah, when you needed to do something, and he couldn't come through where Tom Brady, you know, and you think, you know, Jerry Jones was getting up there in age and desperately wants to win one more Super Bowl. You cannot tell me that it's not something that he would explore, and you cannot tell me that Mike McCarthy might not be interested in something like that either. I mean, Mike McCarthy did have... Um, Fred Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's had some top-shelf type of quarterbacks. I, I still, for whatever reason, don't think it's the craziest thing. And I think if you're the Cowboys, why wouldn't you explore that? Why wouldn't you look at it like, in the next two years, let's try to win one of these Super Bowls. And I, we still think, with our offensive line and Tom Brady, we can get there.
5: Yeah, look, I, I agree with you that Dak is Jimmy G. And that's not saying that they're awful, right? It's just that I think for highly paid quarterbacks, those guys are very average. And the question you have to ask yourself is, if you are going to be struggling with Dak Prescott and you think yourself, hey, maybe we're going to have a Kirk Cousins-like situation with Dak down in Dallas. And what I mean by that is, you end up franchising him a couple of times, there turns into bad blood, and then ultimately free agency happens and Dak may go somewhere else. That's what happened with the Redskins with Kirk Cousins. And look, the Redskins are certainly worse without Kirk Cousins, but it's not like he's gone to Minnesota, signed that big contract, and every Viking fan who's listening to us is right now is like, oh, we got the best deal of all time with Kirk Cousins. He's won one playoff game for you, right? And for, I think it was $84 yep. million that you ended up giving him, uh, I'm not sure that that Viking fans would be like, oh, that's money well spent. You haven't been much better, if at all, than you were with Case Keenum who took you to the uh, the NFC Championship game, right? So I think that's the question for Cowboy fans. If you had two years of Brady – do you feel like you would be better off than if you have two years of Dak? I can make an argument, yes. Now, after that, you obviously would have to go back to the drawing board and find a new quarterback, but I think that's the tough decision that you have to make right now. Is Dak the guy that can win you a Super Bowl or not? We know Brady is.
1: And, and I think sometimes with teams, because they're the team that drafted Dak Prescott, you know, he's clearly a popular player. I think his teammates like him, people in the organization like him you're the you're the team that developed him so i think there's a, you know those feelings are at work but think about some of the results that they had this year you know they went into the meadowlands and they lost to the jets they had some crushing crushing games this year where they just didn't come through so we're actually giving him the benefit of the doubt because we're saying that we believe that he can get he's probably good enough where he could win a couple of uh, games maybe get to the super Bowl. would he be the star player in the game that's a little hard to believe but i mean think about what he's done the last couple of years they, they, you know, the team is really underperformed. And they got, like you said, the great offensive line. they got uh, good skill positions. You cannot tell me that Jerry Jones, who, to his credit, now you know seeing him on the field after every game and you know having to give a state of the Cowboys address kind of drives you nuts. But, you know, the guy is thinking about winning a Super Bowl every minute of every day. And with Tom Brady out there, how can he not be thinking about that?
5: Good stuff. Thanks for joining us, Frank Isola. We will talk to you next week at the Frank Isola on Twitter, my man. Thank you. We were talking about Tom Brady here, uh, and uh, Fox Bet has got odds. I'm going to pull up the uh, the most recent futures odds here uh, in the NFL and tell you what uh, the most recent are for Brady. Um, it's interesting in terms of where he may go, and right now he is favored to go to uh, favored to stay with the uh, Patriots. And then you have both the Raiders and the Chargers, who have basically let it be known that if he hits official free agency and considers leaving, they want to be in the mix. Then you have the Titans, the Colts, and right floating around out there, you have the Dallas Cowboys. And so, to me, as I break down Brady's decision, I think the most likely outcome is he's going to stay in New England. And I don't buy into this idea that he's going to demand a certain dollar figure as a uh, as a salary because he's made so much money over his career at this point in time. And plus, Giselle is so loaded as one of the biggest supermodels in the world that I think Brady can uh, can be fine. Let me say this, too. I also have long bought into the conspiracy theory that there's probably money going to Tom Brady outside the salary cap. In other words, if you look at how the Patriots have cheated over the years, would it surprise anybody if Brady's – I don't know how you'd prove this. If your wife is a supermodel and you are Robert Kraft, how could you prove that, that Giselle was getting paid too much to be a supermodel if some of that money was coming from a Robert Kraft company? Think about that for a minute. Now, some people talk about TB12 and whether there's a you know under-the-table handshake deal there, but when your wife is a superstar like Giselle is, and Giselle makes a lot of years more money than Tom Brady as a supermodel, how do you know where her money is coming from? If $10 million that would otherwise have gone to Tom Brady had otherwise gone to Giselle for modeling, how does someone prove that? Does the NFL go in and accounting style go over how Giselle is getting paid? In other words, if the Patriots and Robert Kraft and all the businesses he owns have somehow figured out a way to pay Giselle $10 million extra a year for her modeling deals, how would anybody know that? So I'm a conspiracy guy in that I believe Tom Brady has taken less under the salary cap, but I think that money's probably found its way to him anyway. And I also have always asked, what would stop a player and a coach from having a handshake agreement that you're going to get to buy a part of the franchise after you're done at a rate that is below the market value of the team? In other words, what would stop Robert Kraft and Tom Brady, for instance, having shook hands and, and, and Robert Kraft saying, okay, Tom, uh, when you retire – I'm going to sell you a $50 million stake in the New England Patriots, but it's only going to cost you $20 million. And we'll make up the extra $30 million that you're worth on the open market through you buying a stake in the Patriots at a price that's below what it would sell for on the market value. How would you stop that from happening? I think it's almost impossible. So, I don't buy in. The reason why I'm using this as an example is, I don't buy in that Tom Brady's going to be like, well, the Chargers are offering me $32 million a year, but the Patriots are only offering me $24. I'm going to go all the way across the country and leave the Patriots over $8 million. I just don't buy that that's going to be the case. Now, if Brady leaves, I can see an argument that he wants a two-year guaranteed contract and the Patriots are only offering him one year. I can definitely see something like that emerging as a major story. And so Tom Brady feels like, hey, I've got multiple years left to to play. The Patriots don't believe that. I'm going to go sign with a team that's willing to commit multi-years to me because I don't want to have to do a year-by-year prove-myself contract to the New England Patriots at this point in time. So I believe the most likely by far is that Brady stays with the Patriots. They go out. They sign some new wide receivers. They sign a tight end. They get him a lot better offensive weapons because the defense was already really stout. And if they can go out and make their offense better, the Mohamed Sanu trade didn't work out. Julian Edelman's getting old. The loss of Rob Gronkowski was fairly impactful in terms of its uh, its 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 substance substantial impact on the uh, on the Patriots' offense. So I don't think Brady's going to leave. That put me in the camp of Brady is going to come back. He's going to play with the Patriots for at least one more year, and potentially two. But if he were to leave. I don't think it makes any sense at all for him to go to the Chargers or to go to the Raiders. Why does it not make sense for him to go to the Chargers or the Raiders? Because that's Patrick Mahomes' division. And if you are a smart businessman, which I believe Tom Brady is, he recognizes that the way to win another Super Bowl title, which is the only reason Brady is still playing at this point, you need to win your division first. He doesn't want to come out of the wild card round like the Patriots had to do this year. And he certainly doesn't want to come out of the wild card round as a five or six seed having to go on the road for three straight weeks in order to try to make the Super Bowl. That's what the Tennessee Titans tried to do this year. They were the sixth seed. They didn't win their division. They had to go on the road against New England, had to go on the road against the Ravens, had to go on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a really difficult road to hoe to win three straight road games in the NFL playoffs. Brady is going to look at the Raiders and he's going to look at the Chargers and say, I don't like our chances to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in this division, which means at best, we would, even if we made the playoffs, we'd be the 5 or 6 seed. So I think, despite the fact that the Chargers may want him desperately and that the Raiders may want him, I think it makes no sense to go to the AFC West. I think if Brady leaves New England, he either should go to Indianapolis or Tennessee if those jobs are open to him. Indianapolis not really sold on Jacoby Brissett. I think they would love to have Tom Brady maybe Phillip Rivers. I don't believe that the Titans want to overpay Ryan Tannehill. So if Ryan Tannehill's negotiations get contentious, I think the Titans might be willing to say, you know what, Tom Brady, you can hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. You can throw it to A.J. Brown. We got a good young offensive line. We have better skill position talent than you do, Tom Brady. You know this because we just came on the road and we beat you in New England. And the last two times you've played against us, Tom Brady, uh, as a Patriot, uh, we have beaten you both of those times. So I think there's an argument that Brady would recognize, not to mention the the Mike Vrabel connection, who's his good friend, you're going to be the head coach. I think that could make sense because I think Brady to the Colts or Brady to the Titans makes that team the favorite to win the AFC South, which means you get at least one home playoff game you can contend for the bye week. If he's going to leave the AC the AFC, then I think the play and I heard Cowherd was talking about this yesterday. I started talking about it like a month ago. I think the Dallas Cowboys could make sense. Reports are out there that the Cowboys are going to have to franchise Dak Prescott. That's a sign that the Cowboys don't necessarily believe that Dak is their long-term answer at quarterback. Because if they did, they would want to sign Dak to a long-term deal and not take the big $28, $30 million salary cap hit all in one year. If you franchise a guy, by and large, it means you aren't willing to commit long-term to him. And the analogy I've always used is, sorry, as we get close to Valentine's Day, I might be putting some guys on blast out there, but if you've been dating a girl for four years and you're not ready to get married to her, you're not convinced that she's the one. Now, there may be some exceptions, but in general, if you are older than 25 and you have been dating a girl for four years and you haven't given her an engagement ring, it's because you have significant questions about whether she's the right one for you and you're trying to keep your options open. Sorry, ladies. That's what's going on. Four years is plenty of time to know if somebody is the one. And the Dallas Cowboys have four years of starting quarterback data from Dak Prescott. They know whether or not they believe he is the answer. If they are franchising him, the answer is they're not that convinced he's the guy. And if you're not that convinced that Dak is the guy, why not sign Tom Brady for two years with your 78-year-old owner, Jerry Jones? You have an incredible offensive line. You just signed Zeke Elliott long-term. It allows you to free up and sign Amari Cooper and you can let Dak ride off into the sunset and go find another destination. Somebody else might be willing to sign him to a long-term deal. I'm not sure. I'd love to see what the market is for Dak Prescott if he were an unrestricted free agent. If you aren't willing to sign him to an extension now, then you know, and guess what? Dak Prescott knows that too. One reason your girl gets mad at you when you've been dating for a long time and she sees all her other friends getting engaged and getting long-term commitments from their boyfriends is because in the back of her mind, she knows that you know that you aren't sold on her too. And what does that do to the relationship? It deteriorates it in a hurry. If you've ever gone on a trip with a girl that you've been dating for a long time, and she's thinking she might get the engagement ring, and she doesn't, what happens on the flight back? It ain't a fun flight. Something bothering you? No, no, nothing. In her mind, she's thinking, I just thought we're going on an African safari. I just thought you're taking me to Europe. I just thought we're going down to this exclusive resort in the Caribbean. We've been dating for how long? This is what she's thinking in her mind. I just thought maybe you were finally going to propose to me. That's what Dak's going to be thinking. Dak is going to be sitting around on that airplane looking at Jerry Jones, being like, What's up? You only paid me $2.7 million over the last four years. You drafted me in the fourth round. You say I'm your guy. Why in the world are you franchise tagging me when I deserve to be paid at an extremely high level? Jared Goff got a ring. Carson Wentz got a ring. Patrick Mahomes is about to get a ring. Russell Wilson got a ring. All those places, they were willing to commit to their quarterback. Why aren't you committing to me? You're treating me like Kirk Cousins. You know what happened with Kirk Cousins? Double franchise tags, boom, he's out. Redskins didn't believe in him. Cowboys don't believe in Dak. That's what this franchise talk is telling you. And so, if you don't believe in your quarterback, that's going to lead to tension. If I were Dak Prescott, I would hold out. You know why? Because Ezekiel Elliott held out, and he had a contract. And he got paid. Zeke held out, still having time left on his contract, and he got a big dollar salary. Why in the world would Dak Prescott show up at camp for the Cowboys if they're franchise tagging him and try to smile and act like he's happy. He's not going to be. So I think if Brady's going to leave the AFC, and he may not want to, because remember when when Peyton Manning did his big tour, I think a big reason why he stayed at Denver and stayed in the AFC was because he was very familiar with all those teams. He didn't want to go over to the NFC and suddenly have to get refamiliarized with all the teams that he hadn't played that often. He knew the AFC pretty well. And so if Brady wants to stay in the AFC, the Colts or the Titans are his best bet. If he wants to leave the Dallas Cowboys and go to the NFC, I think the Dallas Cowboys are the best possible fit. And if you're a Cowboy fan and you're out there listening to me right now, you're kind of slowly nodding your head, I bet. Jerry Jones, 78 years old. You go with Brady for two years, 43-year-old quarterback. You feel like you could win the NFC. Especially if you get Amari Cooper re-signed. You'll look at the overall talent. Gallup's coming on. Jarman's pretty solid tight end. Young guy still developing. That offensive line is great. Ezekiel Elliott would be the best running back that Tom Brady's ever played with in his career. You can argue that Amari Cooper would be the best young wide receiver he's ever had. Randy Moss wasn't young. That defense is stout when everybody's healthy. Leighton Vander Esch is coming back off of an injury. I can make you an argument: the Cowboys are a better team with Brady. And I started asking that question about a month ago, but I do do think it gets ratcheted up to the next level with the talk of Dak potentially getting franchised. You buy my analysis here, Danny G?
6: Yeah, and the reason why Colin brought it up on his show yesterday was because he said he would rather give Brady thirty million than Dak thirty eight million.
5: Well, I don't think there's any anybody who is arguing that Dak deserves thirty eight million is crazy. I think Dak is Jimmy Garoppolo, and I, I don't mean that as a negative. Well, I mean I, that Jimmy Garoppolo is a average to good quarterback in the NFL. Not a bad choice, right? I think Garoppolo is like the thirteenth or fourteenth best quarterback in the NFL. I think and,
6: we got to give Prescott a little more credit than I that. I think that
5: Dak is around the 13th or 14th best quarterback in the NFL. I think he's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think if he got you into into the playoffs, first of all, he hasn't done very well once he's gotten you into the playoffs, so let's start there. But if he gets you into the playoffs, I think at some point in time, you need him to make plays, and he's not going to be able to do it just like Jimmy Garoppolo. If the defense plays phenomenally well and they keep you with a double-digit lead and you never really have to make that many big throws, you'll be fine. But I think the difference between a Patrick Mahomes, a Russell Wilson, a Tom Brady, a uh, Drew Brees, all these guys that are at the top of the quarterback rankings is that when you put them in a tough spot, they don't miss the throw that Jimmy G missed in uh, late in the fourth quarter when you got a touchdown pass that can win you the game. I've just seen Dak miss too many throws in big points in time. And I don't think you can give him – look, would I give him $30 million a year? Maybe. Maybe I'd give him $30 million a year because that's about what I'd have to franchise tag him, but I wouldn't want to give him a long-term deal. And I don't blame the Cowboys for franchise tagging him because I think they're still uncertain about his long-range future.
6: Man, it would be like a bomb going off because the dominoes falling, if Jerry Jones went after Brady, then – who would go after Dak Prescott? Do you think maybe John Gruden would go after Prescott? Well,
5: I think there'd be a lot of people who would kick the tires. I mean, I think that you'd probably have uh, – and it would be interesting to see how many – that that to me would be the great question because one reason why you can't pay $38 million to Dak Prescott is I don't think there's anybody in the NFL who would pay him $38 million. I'm not sure there's anybody in the NFL who would pay him $30 million. There might be some teams that would pay him twenty-five.
6: I mean, I think, I think at that would point, kick the tires. he would be on a revenge tour at that point, and he'd probably be okay with taking less.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, I think that everybody who has an opening would kick the tires, but uh, the, would the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Certainly. Would the uh, would the Indianapolis Colts? Yes. I think the Titans would have to look at it. They don't have a quarterback right now. I think the Chargers certainly would. Maybe the Chargers is the answer because they're desperate for attention, and Dak Prescott going to the Chargers would get a lot of attention. Uh, but, you know, I mean, maybe even the Bengals. You know, if you sit around near the Bengals, you say, hey, would we rather have Dak Prescott and take Chase Young number one overall or potentially trade that number one pick, or would we rather have Joe Burrow? Um, I-, I think those are those are interesting questions that would be out there. What do you think, Dub?
7: Patriots, if Tom Brady goes to the Cowboys, they suddenly have a quarterback opening. But I agree with you. I think Tom Brady especially at a $30 million price. I mean, you look at the Cowboys roster, at least on offense, and at every single position, I would say they're better than the Patriots have, at least last year. Wide receiver, offensive line, tight end, running back, all across the board. The Cowboys are the more talented team. So to get Brady in that system with those players, I think it'd be something that Jerry Jones is definitely thinking about, and you're right. if he And by the way, with Mike
5: McCarthy, who I bet Tom Brady has decent you know, respect for, more so maybe than he would have Jason Garrett.
7: Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. McCarthy's a guy that's won a Super Bowl, and he's been there and done that with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So he knows how to handle the big names, and Tom Brady is the biggest of all the names. So I think it's something, first of all, I want to see because it would just be be storylines galore for us, you know, selfishly, and for everybody, really. But, yeah, I think this is something – I think this has more legs than than people are giving it credit for because I think this a lot of people think hey this is just a you know a fun topic to talk about on sports talk radio but this makes so much sense to me that I think it's more of a a reality than than most people think.
5: What do you think Eddie? I got to be honest, I had not considered Dallas uh, and the possibilities, as you
7: guys have touched on, uh, is unbelievable. To, to, as, it's as not Dan crazy, said, right? I mean, I think no, initially when it's you not. say
5: it, people are like, oh, this is a crazy conversation. But when I brought it up, and it's funny. I think I brought it up for the first time on Lock It In about a month ago because Cousin Sal is a big Dallas Cowboy fan. And I just hit him with that hypothetical, you know, like you look at all the talent that you have on the offensive side of the ball. Are you really telling me that if you had to invest thirty million dollars in a quarterback, you wouldn't rather have Brady or that over Dak?
6: And Jerry Jones is just the guy to do something at like his that. age. Absolutely. At his age,
5: I mean, I think that factors in because his goal is to win another Super Bowl. It's been twenty-five years. If you could get the greatest quarterback of all time to bring him in, I mean, the question would be based on his age. But I don't think you would need Brady to win the games for you, right? I mean, with their talent. It's an unbelievable thought. I I just, and I'm not a Cowboys fan, but just to have it happen and see the dominoes fall from
4: there would be amazing. What do you think the OutKick audience is going to say? I'm going to put up a poll. Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: NBA trade deadline is seven hours away overnight, maybe while some of you were sleeping. Andre Iguodala, who never showed up, never played for Memphis, has been traded to Miami and gotten a new two-year $30 million contract. It's good work if you can get it. Uh, Talk is that the Rockets are trying to make a move, the uh, Warriors trying to get underneath the luxury tax, move a couple of shooters to the Philadelphia 76ers. So far, nothing really major. Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks is the biggest move that has happened so far, I would say. Andre Iguodala, obviously, is a move that the Miami Heat are making to try and make a run at the Milwaukee Bucks, who are right now the prohibitive favorite in the Eastern Conference to advance to the NBA Finals. Um, The one guy that is being pursued by both the Lakers and the Clippers, Marcus Morris, out of uh, the New York Knicks. There is talk that that could happen between now and four o'clock Eastern. So, or sorry, three o'clock Eastern. That is what is going on right now in the world of the NBA. We are having an interesting discussion in the world of uh, the NFL, which I will get to in a minute. But for many of you waking up, we had the uh, college football signing day part two. I want to hit you with the top 10. We talked about this some at the start of our uh, two. Top 10, Georgia wins a national recruiting championship for the second time in three years. Alabama always up at the top, finishes second. Clemson third, LSU fourth, Ohio State fifth, 6th Texas A&M, 7th Auburn, 8th Florida, nine Texas, 10th spot Tennessee. No other conference has more than one team in the top 10. The SEC has seven. The Big 12, one top 10 recruiting class. The Big 10, one top 10 recruiting class. The ACC, one top 10 recruiting class. The SEC, seven. The Pac 12 doesn't even have a top 10 recruiting class. Oregon at number 12 is the best they've got. Tennessee finished 10th in the country, 7th in the SEC. They would be at 10th in the country, the best team in the Pac 12 from recruiting class rankings, second best in the Big 12, second best in the ACC, and second best in the Big 10. That's how much talent the SEC continues to rack up. But our poll question this morning. Tom Brady, unrestricted free agent. Dak Prescott, a free agent that could be franchise tagged. Uh, and I'm asking you the question. has been up now for 20 minutes. The Cowboys are considering franchising Dak Prescott. Instead of franchising a guy, would you be interested, if you uh, were really being astute here, in potentially signing Brady and letting Dak Prescott go if you are 78-year-old owner Jerry Jones, uh, how would you make this decision? Would you rather have Tom Brady or Dak Prescott for next year? 54% of you with 5,000 votes in, 54% of you are saying you'd rather have Tom Brady. 46% of you are saying you'd rather have Dak Prescott. Now, my argument is, if the Cowboys are going to franchise tag Dak Prescott, ultimately that means... They aren't sure about him in the long term. And they want another year to look at him, to analyze him, to try to figure out if he's the right guy. This is a lot like being a girl in a relationship who wants the engagement ring, and you've been dating a guy for years, and he hasn't given you the ring yet. And I'm sorry if you're driving into work or school this morning and you happen to have your girlfriend sitting next to you, and you've been dating her for four or five years and you haven't proposed to her yet and you're 28, 29, 30 or older. Sorry, babe. He's holding out to see if he can get a better deal. That's what the Cowboys are doing. When you franchise tag somebody, you're saying, hey, you're the best I can get right now, but I'm not really sure about you in the long range. Unanimously on the show, everybody likes the odds of Tom Brady with this offensive line and these weapons of winning a title with him over winning a title with Dak 877-996-6369. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. A lot of people want to weigh in. I'm asking if we're missing anything in our analysis. Dub,
7: who's up first? All right, we got Eddie in Texas. Eddie, what you think?
8: Hey, good morning. I, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think uh, Jerry Jones wants to start out with the drama of McCarthy with the you know Brady, and then Brady comes in and uh, Ezekiel runs the wrong route and he chews his ass out. And goes crazy and Ezekiel pouts and I think it's just way too much drama I think they'll just take Zeke and let McCarthy do his magic and then after one year I mean franchising then they can they can go from there I mean I think that's really the best scenario
5: all right I appreciate the call the one thing I'm gonna have to shoot down here is the idea that Jerry Jones is going to be opposed to drama this dude loves drama. He knows it's good for ratings. No other owner has uh, meetings with the media after every game where he sits and answers questions that his coach then has to deal with, that his players then have to deal with. How many other times have you seen an owner address the media as often as Jerry Jones did while Ezekiel Elliott was holding out? Jerry jo- The idea that Jerry Jones is not going to do something because it has too much drama is, to me, crazy talk. Who's up next, Dub?
7: we got Dean in Indianapolis.
0: Dean, what do you think? Hey, I think you're exactly right. I just want to uh say we love your show here in Indy Clay, but um I, I think it's great. Bring Tom Brady in. Um you know, Dak has had his time. Um the 38 million or whatever he's asking right now, there's there's difficulty right there. You talking about drama? Well, hey, look at this marketing genius that he is. Bring in Brady signing for two years maybe maybe three if you can get an extra one out of him and that puts the Cowboys at the top of the meter on the NFC side I really believe that because Dak has had his opportunities I'm a huge Cowboy fan but then that opens up the door for Dak to go somewhere else you got the Colts are looking the Chargers are looking the Raiders are looking but Bring Tom Brady on. It's been too long. It's been 25 years. And Jerry's not going to be around much longer, and neither am I, because I'm 57 and I'm tired of waiting <laughs> since 95. <laughs>
5: Thanks for the call. Uh, look, I, I, if Dak Prescott were saying, hey, I want $25 million a year, I want a four-year, $100 million deal, $25 million a year, I'd be tempted to do that if I were Jerry Jones. If Dak Prescott is saying, I want to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, that's crazy talk. It's absolute balderdash. And I would say, you know what? Good riddance. I'm going to go get Tom Brady. Who's up next?
7: We got Toby in Texas. Toby, what do you think?
8: Hey, good morning, Clay. Love your show. You're the first thing I listen to every morning. Appreciate the that. that. Uh, I will say this. We Cowboy fans are impatient. We're fickle. And uh, we we tend to not look long-term. This Tom Brady deal is complete fantasy. If we... If, Jerry was gonna do that. First year that Dak came out and he was red hot while Romo was hurt, Romo was good to go back to the whenever they came back to the playoffs and came out and absolutely lit it up. And Romo at that time had earned it. He had earned a chance to come in with that team that he had built with that offensive line that he had never had and have a chance to go get his ring, and Jerry went with Dak. Yeah. I think that is is great with Dak. I think that uh he feels that, that Dak is going to, uh, going to franchise him. What is it, $30 million free? That's close to where he wants to be with him, and he's going to let it play out and let Dak either earn it next year or he's going to use next year as fodder for uh, to, uh, to negotiate better. I think Dak is our man.
5: All right. I understand that, but if you franchise tag Dak, I'm just going to be honest with you. If I'm advising Dak Prescott, I tell him not to show up at training camp. And I think that's where the complexities begin. Because I think the way that Jerry Jones handled Ezekiel Elliott sent a bad message to other guys who feel like they have contracts that aren't reflecting their value. And if I'm Dak Prescott, and I'm Dak Prescott's representative, I'm going to sit back I'm going to say this, all right? I'm going to say, wait a minute. I played quarterback, starting quarterback for you for the Dallas Cowboys for four years you paid me $2.7 million. Let me repeat that. You paid me $2.7 million. Skip Bayless got paid $24 million over the past four years to talk about me playing quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I got $2.7 million to actually play quarterback. You need to pay me for all of the value you already got from the four years of me as starting quarterback and for the value that I'm giving you going forward. Furthermore, while Ezekiel Elliott, who was under contract, didn't show up to play, I played and fulfilled all the terms of my contract. Now I don't have a contract at all, and unlike Ezekiel Elliott, who you were willing to make the highest paid running back in the league, you're going to try... To franchise tag me on the year when I become a free agent, we're not going to deal with that. I'm not showing up to training camp. Now, I'm not saying he would sit out like Le'Veon Bell did for a year in order to try to prove a point, or that he's going to sit out and show up suddenly, you know, eight games into the season. I think Dak would probably show up and play begrudgingly. But I think the ill will that you would provoke among your team leader would be substantial. So if your choice is franchise Dak or get Brady under a deal and potentially franchise tag Amari Cooper if you need to, I don't see that as being a very difficult decision. Well, I'll go to calls here in a sec, but do you guys agree with me that if, like, take, pretend that you are Dak Prescott's agent. I'm telling him not to show up for training camp if the Cowboys are going to franchise my guy because I'm saying you took care of Zeke when he held out. Why should I show up and get a much worse deal than than Zeke got? Does that make sense to you, Danny G, as advisement?
6: I keep coming back to how old Jerry Jones is because he's not getting any younger. We know that uh, his ultimate goal is to win one more Super Bowl before he passes away. With that in mind, because I've been seeing a lot of tweets coming into us saying, you guys are looking at this wrong because long-term Dak is way better.
5: Yeah, hold on. Let me say that. Let me respond to that. I don't think that's true. If you believe in Dak Prescott long-term, then you would work out a long-term deal with him. If you are franchise tagging a guy, you don't believe in him long-term. That's why you franchise him. Now you can say, well, he wants too much money, but that's a sign that you don't believe in him long-term. Yeah, like the Kansas like City Dak. Chiefs are not franchise-tagging Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, they could, but they believe he's their guy forever, so they want to sign him to as long of a deal as they can. They are a certain that he is their guy. The the Seahawks didn't franchise-tag Russell Russell Wilson. They could have the uh the 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 Eagles for better or worse didn't franchise-tag Carson Wentz. They could have. You franchise-tag a guy when you're not a believer necessarily in him.
6: I mean, when we've argued about Dak Prescott on the show in the past, even last offseason, that was my argument was to get him signed before this all happened, which is what is happening right now. He is the team's leader. You don't want this hovering over the team.
5: I don't think he would show up. Dub, would you tell him to show up if if you were advising him based on what you saw happen with Ezekiel Elliott?
7: Especially after Zeke, because he got exactly what he wanted. You
5: hold out, you get a better contract. And Zach doesn't even have a contract, so he has even better reason to be holding out.
7: There's no doubt about it. If I were advising him, I'd say, hey, you're you're running, mate. You're running back. He held out. Look what it got him. So I would do the exact same thing. I know he's the quarterback, uh, but if you want to get paid, this is what you do. It's kind of like the the formula now for the Cowboys, if you want to get paid and you're a face of their franchise.
5: What about you, Eddie?
7: Yeah, not just the
5: Cowboys. This is the play in the NFL. Yeah, the precedent has been set with with other players.
7: It's it's the only play that he has. I I think. He has All right,
5: to do it. let me get a couple more of your calls. Who we got? Uh, who we got going to uh, Dub?
7: All right, we got a couple left. They're both named Jeff, and they're both from California. But we're going to go to Jeff M first.
4: All right, Jeff M. Yeah. Yes,
8: radio
1: show. I, just I appreciate that. You
8: guys
4: that. Thank you.
8: Um, I am a Patriots fan. I don't want Brady to leave, but. I mean, it makes sense for the Cowboys. They're not going to pay Dak. They don't want Dak. Yeah. I mean, if they want him, they're going to pay him. And he, like you said, four years, but he hasn't done anything. Yeah. um, So, yeah, I just want to call him. First-time caller. Thanks.
5: Thanks for the call, Jeff. Look, I think that, again, if you are a Cowboy fan out there who's saying, well, Dak is a lot younger than Brady. I think you'll look at the next two years, not the the next seven. Because if you believed in Dak Prescott for the next seven years, you would sign him long-term. It's like the reason why the Titans just picked up the fifth-year option on Mariota and didn't sign him long-term is they didn't believe in him yet. The reason why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did the same thing with Jameis Winston is because they didn't believe in him yet. They wanted to see that fifth year and see how they did – That's effectively the same place it seems to me the Cowboys are in. Because they're not willing to pay Dak long-term. If you're not willing to pay a guy long-term, my argument would be you kind of have a pretty good sign that he's not your guy. Because if you're franchise tag a guy, what you're hoping for is you'll see something suddenly in year five and you'll say, oh, this is the guy. You're still looking for a reason why to commit to him. The other Jeff, what you got for me also in California.
1: Hey, Clay, Clay um, Jerry Jones is always after the biggest prize, and I think you guys hit on something. And I think if – if not that he's not thinking about this, but I think Gary like Jones would bite on something like this. Now, the flip side, I feel truly that he accomplished
8: everything he had.
5: I hate when a guy waits for a long time and then his phone dies.
1: That
6: sounded like he was going to have a good take too. Yeah,
5: I know. Maybe he can call back. But isn't that always? I always feel bad when we like the last caller we go to. He's been waiting a while. He's going to have a good take, and then his phone dies. What's that the equivalent of? It's like getting a delay again. I'm trying to think in the sports equivalent. It's like making a it's like making a jumper after the clock expires. Like you go back and you look, and you're like, ah, the ball's still on his fingertips.
6: It's like Garoppolo missing Emmanuel Sanders with his long pass. Too
5: soon. Too soon. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, We will take more of your calls to close out the show on this Dak versus Brady debate because I do think it's a good one. And, again, uh, let me go to the poll question and see how people are voting because I always think it's interesting. You know it's a good poll question when it's relatively even, right? Like there isn't one side that's just dominating – And right now, we got 7,000 of you who have voted in the first half hour. So there's a lot of interest in this. 7,000 of you have voted. 53% say you'd rather have Brady as the Dallas Cowboy quarterback next year. 47% of you say you would rather have Dak. And if you want to go read all the arguments that people are making underneath uh, that, you can certainly go check it out. Um, At Clay Travis on Twitter, go cast your vote. Weigh in in the comments if you want to get into the debate there. Uh, there's lots of people going back and forth in a variety of different directions there. Uh, so we will discuss. You guys can dive in there
4: and break it down. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, oh, oh,
1: O'Reilly. Do you need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.